0: Ever get a phone call one day and somebody says this happened that happened and you said, you know, I plan on calling them next week or I was gonna go by there and see them the other day and just waited too long. You know. Uh, and then there's things that you say to a lot of times the people that you love the most that you wish you could take back, and sometimes time don't allow us to do that. So so make sure that we say and do the things that we should do for our loved ones especially. And I'll uh, just listen to the word of this song. Amen. I'm reminded once again, i the vapor in the wind, love the people that got you. us are here forever, now let's prove that, just love the people that God gives you, cause the day you won't come back.
1: Well, no, I'm I'm sorry. Um, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to you who ask? If this kind of affection that we just witnessed exists in an earthly family, how much more affection does your heavenly Father give you than she could ever give Chris. That Chris could ever return to her or or, or, or that me or you could give it's a, it's a wonderful display of uh, an example of the message today if we find ourselves in Luke 11 uh, beginning with chapter 1 I'll give you just a minute to turn there Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank You for the affection that You show us, the kindness, uh, the love, not that we loved You. Lord, You said that You first loved us and allowed us to become sons and daughters of God. Not servants, not slaves. Sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're not stepchildren, we're heirs and joint heirs. Adopted into this royal priesthood in this royal family for God is our king and he's our father God is our king listen to that Lord you're our king yet you're our father royalty flows through our veins not because our blood prevails but because the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ prevails we love you We thank you for the love that you show us. We ask these things in Jesus' name that you illuminate the scriptures today, that you touch your heart. Uh, Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, I don't pray uh, for anything else but just to see you today. Lord, let us see you. For if you be lifted up, all men are drawn, all men are changed, all things are changed, and all things are made new. If we can just see the Savior, if we can just. Feel the Spirit. If we could just get into Your presence, Lord, the prophets of old said when they stepped into Your presence, their vocabulary changed, their habits changed, conviction fell on them, their paths changed, their power was extended, and they could do all things. And Lord, we just pray we need that today. We need to get into Your presence today, Lord. And Lord, if if, if we're not coming into Your presence, Lord, I pray that You come into our presence today. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Because the Lord is I'm gonna tell you, he, he don't want you suffering. He don't He don't want you sick. He don't want you lacking and without. He don't want you uh lonely, confused, and confounded. If He did, it wouldn't be scriptures that says, I'm the Lord God who heals you. If that was the case, He wouldn't say, I wish above all, dear children, that your health prosper even as your soul prospers. He wouldn't say things like that if He he didn't care about things like that. He wouldn't say, fear not, uh, don't be confounded for I'm with you always wherever you go and, and, and I'll never leave you alone and you'll never be lonely if He planned on you being lonely. If He planned on you being hurt. Or confused, there wouldn't be Scriptures that says, Ask who to Me, and I will give you all things wisdom freely. I'll freely give you these things. If He didn't want you afraid, it wouldn't be Scriptures like He hadn't given you a spirit of fear, but a sound mind. A sound mind. The Lord wants you to enjoy... Uh, Christianity. He wants you to enjoy your salvation. He wants to enjoy not only your fellowship with Him, He wants to enjoy fellowship with you. He wants to enjoy fellowship with you. He said, let's make man in our own image that we may enjoy a fellowship, a relationship, and a commitment. And a lot of times, I had to learn this too, uh, that I wouldn't shut up long enough to let him say anything. It was always about me and it was always about what was going on and and it was always about uh, uh, what what I needed and what I wanted. Uh, When that's not communication, that's monologue. Communication, uh, I speak, He speaks. I speak, He speaks. Commitment, I listen and I do. He's the Lord God. He changes not. I can't talk Him into doing anything that's against His will and word. He's not going to do it because He knows what's best. He knows what's best, and just because I can't see it and I don't hear it, just because I hasn't seen nor ear heard the things that he's got in store for me, I still gotta believe that all things are working together for the good because I'm called according to his purpose. I still gotta believe that, and I'm gonna acknowledge that I've got to understand uh, that if I hasn't if I haven't seen it and I haven't heard it, I've got to walk this thing out by faith. And if he don't change, I must. And that's what the Bible teaches us in Philippians. He says, you got to let this mind be in you that is in Him. Let me have the mind of Christ so I can hear the thoughts of Christ, hear the words of Christ, see the hand of Christ, that I may do the will of Christ, because until I make my mind up to have His mind, I'm at odds against the Lord. I'm going to buck, and I'm going to push, and I'm going to resist. Because it's not in my nature. Because I I'm scared. Because I'm afraid. Because I, I, I like the one man said, "Help me in my unbelief." Nothing wrong with these things. If there was, if these wasn't natural things, he wouldn't have addressed them. He wouldn't address fear if we didn't struggle with fear. He wouldn't have addressed unbelief if we didn't struggle with unbelief. He wouldn't address sickness and pain and hurting if we didn't go through these things. But he said, "Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world." Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He never designed for us to be defeated. He gave us life, life abundantly, and we are more than conquerors. You're a more than a conqueror in Christ. Mm-hmm. So we have this. We have this fellowship, this commitment, and this relationship. He says you're not slaves. You're not servants. You are children, sons, and daughters of the Most High God. I, uh, all that accepted me in John one, all that received me, I came to my own, and they rejected me. And I, I come to those, and those who receive me, I give them the ability and the power through the Holy Spirit to become sons and daughters of the Most High God. And that's the, that's the relationship we have. And He wants us to be effective. He does. He says the, and we're going to talk about prayer for just a minute today. He says the 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 fervent. Of, Effective, righteous prayer. The fervent, effective prayer of a righteous man avails much. Effective, fervent, heartfelt prayer does good, does much, does a lot, does everything. So, we're going to talk about that today. When I was a very young man, about eight years old, i uh, uh, Tristan was talking about getting into sports today. Well, I didn't get into basketball and football and all, but I did... I took karate, is what I did, and uh, we, we took martial arts. And uh, three times a week, we'd, I would go uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I would go to class, and I would exercise, and and discipline, and learn, and all these things. And but on Saturday, on Saturday morning, uh, on Channel 21 Kung Fu Theater come on every Saturday morning, and I'm gonna tell you what these guys were phenomenal. They, I'm telling you, they, they. T- they could jump 30 foot up in the air. Uh, they could beat up 30 people at once. Uh, they could hit you 30 times before you could hit before you even knew what happened. They could hit you, and I'm gonna tell you something else. They could speak faster than uh, the speed of sound because that. And then you'd hear. I mean, these guys were amazing. They were they were quick at everything they did. Uh, now I never was as good as them, but I did end up being as effective as them. I may not ever be as good as him, but if he never called me to be as effective as he was, he would have said, greater things you'll do. Greater things than I did, you'll do. Because I go to the Father and you stay here, you're going to do, you're going to be just as effective. You're going to be just as effective. But not at first I wasn't. Not at first I wasn't. When we began to uh, grow in that and I began to get a little better when we began to go to these tournaments and... Uh, the first time we'd go to these tournaments, and and the other people would be winning, and I'd get up there and we'd do our fighting, and 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 what they do was the first one three points or landed three punches would win the bout. So this is how this kind of at first this is how this looked, and they'd get up there and they'd say go, and I, and and, and you you would, and that's the way it went, and uh, and and so and get up there again and they'd say go, and, and I flinch and I duck and. And and all these things and and I just squinch, flinch, and get back. squinch, flinch, and get back. And uh, and loss after loss after loss. Uh, I finally, I just said, you know what, uh, instructor, teacher, what do I do? What do I need? What do I need to do? And he said, uh, you first thing you need to do is you need to open your eyes. You know, because you can't fight what you can't see. So you need to open your eyes. is would, would probably be a, a big help in this situation. And then the next thing you need to do is you need to focus. You need to focus because what you're doing is you're looking at you're looking at him, thinking, where's it coming from? And this was a little trick that he, he taught me. He says if you'll focus on his chest, every movement that he makes, he's gonna he's gonna something here is gonna move first. So don't look at his right hand, left hand, right foot, left foot, head. To see which one's coming, look at his chest, and you might not get tell where it's coming from, but you can tell before it gets there because you can see it move before. So you need to focus on his chest so you can see and, and, and you can defend then instead of protect. See, I was protecting myself and not defending myself. I was just I was just trying to keep from getting bruised and battered. And then he says, You've got to be strategic. He said, I want you to, when you're standing there, I want you to plan your next two moves. I want you to plan two moves in case one of them you can't do. What if he what if he gets up there and turns the other way? Well, that messes up the one move you had in mind. So you need to plan the next two moves that you have, and you need to do it strategically. And timing, you got to wait because timing is everything. Timing is everything. Uh, but I want to tell you this, that none of these that I've told you before, the focus, the timing, uh, the strategy, none of that works. None of that works if you don't connect. If you don't land the punch, it don't really matter. It don't matter. If you don't land the punch. And then once you can master these things, then you tweak it because just as you stood up there and you patterned this guy to know what just about what he's fishing to do, he's a good fighter has done the same thing to you. So you got to change your tactic. Up. You don't change the, see, the, the, the 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 tactic. You don't change what you do, how you do it, but you got to might have to change what you do because the enemy will pattern you. Your enemy will pattern you just like you uh, pattern him. And this is kind of what I see in uh, chapter 11, uh, verse 1. Jesus steps onto the scene all of a sudden, and he is amazing. I mean, he, he like he's he's disciplined. He's taught, He's interesting. He's drawing crowds. He's doing great. He's doing stuff only these guys on uh, channel 21 was doing. He's doing stuff that people ain't never dreamed of. He's healing people. Blind people are seeing. Uh, deaf people are hearing. And he's leaps and bounds above everybody else of his day. He stands out. Uh, uh, he even heals. Uh, he heals. Fevers are gone. He raises the dead at one point. Uh, he had healed 30 people. Just to use that analogy, he had healed 30 people before the priest ever got to the church. It was He was already that far in, that far advanced. So awesome, so unexplainable, that at one point he says to his disciples, who do people think that I am? And one said, Jeremiah, because of your message. Uh, Jeremiah, because of, of the weeping over the city. your uh, Because of your compassion and your love. And some say, no, he's Elijah because of the miracles and the, and, the, and the prophet and the power and all this. And John the Baptist because of the repentance message. And then Peter looks at him and says, no, you're the Christ because of the anointing on you. You're the Christ, the Son of God because of the anointing that you have. And he was... Uh, he won every match because he won every match that he'd he come up against and he knew it and he saw it and they knew it and they saw it and they wanted what he had. They wanted to know. Uh, Seventy just come back from doing all these miracles and they look at him and they say, Master, teach. Lord, teach us to do these things. Teach us how to pray. He was in a certain place in eleven one. It said that he was in a certain place praying and then he got through praying and he got up and they knew they needed what He had. They saw, and they wanted it, and they said, Master, Teacher, Lord, Lord, Boss, Lord, I'll do what You tell me to do. Lord, teach me to have what You've got. Teach me to be effective, efficient. Teach me to to have the power. Teach me to pray. And what does He do? Verse 2, And He said unto them, When you pray, immediately... I don't know about you, but I like immediate answers. How do we pray, Lord? Well, do this. I love it when He does that. Sadly, it's not always like that, but He answers immediately. When you pray, when you pray, and I don't know about you, but do you remember, I don't know if you remember the first time you prayed. I probably don't remember the first time I prayed, but it was probably something like this. Now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep. That was probably some of the first prayers I've ever prayed. But I will tell you that I remember the first prayer He ever answered. I remember the first prayer He ever answered because the first prayer I ever prayed that I feel like that I saw the hand of God move on my behalf, I wasn't praying a prayer. I was answering a question. Jeff, don't you need me? And you had enough? Hadn't you been as far as you can go? Don't you need someone to save you and bring you out of this? Because I know that prayer is based on relationship and the first thing that he ever did was ask me if I wanted to join into that relationship with him. And I said, "You know what? I do need you." And for the I, Lord, I do accept you. I do need you to come into my life and live. And for the first time in my life, I saw his hand move in my behalf. I'm not telling you that that he hadn't moved before. I'm not telling you that I didn't count it all coincidences or that I wasn't piggybacking off of a prayer of an elder saint in the hospital room where they said, everybody pray, he's got to have a miracle. And you just prayed, and he got a miracle, and it was probably Nanny's faith, not my faith. But I know when the first time that I ever seen his hand move on my behalf is when I asked him to come in my life. And I really didn't ask him, you may have, but he asked me, don't you want this? And I said, not only do I want it, Lord, Peter, not only my hands, I need it. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. So the first prayer that I ever really remember praying, I was answering a question that he called out because I'm going to tell you, he gives everybody the opportunity to come. For God so loved the world that that he sent his only begotten. The whole world. That the whole world may be saved. Not a few. Not some. That the whole world might be saved. And so I answered him. I answered him and I felt his presence for the first time. And, and, and I began to pray. And I began to seek the Lord. And, and he began to initiate this conversation. But I was doing the same thing because this is what I would do is that immediately the enemy would come in like a flood and I was standing on the promises of God and I was standing on the Word of God and I was a little child in faith and I'm still a child in the faith. And every time that something would happen or the enemy would come in, I'd squinch, flinch, and back up. And say, I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things. And I was just trying to protect myself. Not defend myself. I was trying to protect myself. But that's not what He wants. He wants the anointing uh, to be on you. He wants you to be effective uh, in, in your prayers. He wants to be effective. So He says... When you pray, and I I got this quote from Ian Bounds, he said it this way, you can't do anything other than pray until you pray. What do we do about this situation? You don't do anything about any situation in your life until you ask Him. And when you ask Him, you can do no more than pray until you have prayed. Because it's not He wants to direct your path. He wants to direct your steps. He wants to give you the desires of His heart. Hadn't you made a mess enough Hadn't you done it your way enough, Jeff? I'm talking to me. Hadn't you had it your way enough? Well, you finally said, Lord, that means boss, and you said, teach me to pray. Well, then I need you to listen. I need you to listen. You can do no more than pray. And just like the karate matches, I I was protecting from bruises, not providing trophies. I wasn't winning anything. I wanted something to walk away with. I wanted something tangible. Something that would give evidence, that would give felicity, or, 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 uh, that would give proof to this relationship that I'm talking about. I wanted something more. And thank God that it's easier to learn at a karate tournament uh, than it is in a marriage or in a family. I'm glad He taught me when I was a child some of the things that I need to do before it really mattered. It don't really matter if you lose a karate tournament, but it, it matters if you lose if you lose in life. It really matters if you if you if you don't hear him say go here, but it matters if you don't hear him say come. It does matter there. So I'd rather fail here. It's like failing the study guide and passing the test. I'd rather pass the test than fail the study. I mean, yeah, than fail it. So when you pray, he says there's some things you need to do. Uh, verse, I'm sorry, lost my train. Eleven two, two yeah. And he said, when you pray, say, Our Father, Our Father, look up. Same principle. I'm looking up. He says, no, don't look at your enemy. Look up. Same principle, different tactic. You know, I we fight this battle with our eyes closed, really. This is how we fight this enemy with our eyes. Because we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting principalities, powers, and spiritual wickedness. And you can look at your opponent's chest. You can look at your enemy's chest. But you got to realize what's driving him. It's not flesh and blood. It's a devil, an enemy, it's spiritual wickedness in a world and a life in a, that we live in today that has come against everything that you believe and that's what we're fighting today. We're not fighting the person. Uh, they're just the vehicle in which the enemy is driving. That's all he is. And it's the same thing for a Christian. We are the vehicle which the Holy Spirit, I hope, is driving. You see the bumper stickers it says God is my co-pilot. Actually, you are the co-pilot. God's driving the vehicle. Or you don't have first place in your life. Or you don't have first place, and don't have first place in your life. And you know what? He's a gentleman. He'll step aside and he'll let you lead the way. But but just as a father chastises his son, he's going to show you the errors of your ways. The Bible teaches that that we're not slaves and servants, though we are the servant for the greatest among you be the servant of all. But he, your sons, he says. So he says, look up to the father who changes not. What if you had that confidence? There's nothing in this world that gives you a confidence of something that you can count on every time you put the key in it. Something that you can stand on and never rots. Something in your bank account uh, that never goes away. He is the only thing that we can count on. I love Amanda, but I can't count on her forever. I love my children, but I can't count on them forever. And sadly, they can't count on me forever. Chris just sang a song about this. We can't count. If I would have just known, I would have called. I would have came. I would have went. But he says, you can count on me because I am the Lord God who never changes. I never change. Look up to the Father who changes not. Look up to the heavens on the way of your help comes from. Where does my help come from? From the hills. The maker of heaven and earth. He owns cattle on a thousand hills. He is the Lord God who has it all. Look up to the hills. That's where we look. What does He say? Look up for your redemption. Draws nigh. Look up. That's where your help comes from. That's where your hope comes from. Redemption means I went out, purchased this and it belongs to me. Lord, teach me to pray. If I belong to You, then teach me to be like You. What does He say? Have boldness to come before the throne room of God. Lord, if I'm supposed to be like You, you got to make me be like You because I ain't never been like You. I don't know who You are. I don't know how You are. I don't know what You are. But You're my Lord and I humble myself. And if I'm going to be like You, you got to make me like You. Nothing in me is like You. Man is enmity with God. So put Your Spirit in me. I'm on myself under His mighty hand. Look up. That's where my help comes from. Our Father. Our Father. God. Listen to these words for just a minute. This is a pretty good point here. God. Yahweh. Yahweh. Jehovah. Many names. Jehovah, Jireh, Nisi, Raphael. Many names. Worthy. Holy. Power. Omniscient. All-knowing. All-places. All-powerful. All-things. All-things new. Lord, God, mighty, maker, ancient of days. You name it. You name it. And none of them, healer, provider, way-maker, comforter, peace, provider, nothing holds a candle to Father. I could have come up here and hugged Chris's neck when he was singing that song, but nothing compared that, Nothing in this room other than Otis could have done what she did to him. Healer, provider, all that's great. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you the one I like. Father, daddy, son. No matter what I call him, it matters what he calls you. What is he calling you? Son. That makes it all worth it. Relationship. And then he says, focus. Focus. Because the enemy has a way of distracting you. Life has a way of distracting you. Jobs have a way of distracting you. People have a way of distracting you. You have a way of distracting you. Ministry has a way of distracting you. Church has a way of distracting you. And things have a way of distracting you. He says, focus on the Father. Focus on the Father. For all things we do are to do, we are to do as unto Him to glorify Him. That's what we need to do. And that's what He talks about in this focus. He says, uh, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want God's way of doing things, God's will in doing these things. And and I'm going to make you the center of the attention. I need to make you the center of attention. He's made me the center of His attention. Am I not the apple of His eye? Am I, was he not? Did he? Would he not save this earth for one righteous? He would have. And I got to make him that same center of attention. You know, Chris texted me yesterday, and he said, "Hey, look, I know somebody's got a birthday coming up, and and uh, we want to go to City Market and celebrate that. And I'm hungry anyway, so let's uh, <laughs> let's let's do that." And I said, "Well, you guys, shucks, you guys." <laughs> You guys, y'all don't have to do that. And I got one in here that knows me better than anybody. She's sitting over and saying, yeah. Yeah, I remember, because we and her share an almost similar birthday. Yeah, you can tell them that they don't have to do it, but the fact of the matter is, I'm I'm ready. I'm looking forward to some attention and this side and the other. And don't hold that against me, but I think y'all shouldn't have done that. You know, but and the truth of the matter is, is... Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I think I enjoy it a little bit. but do you agree to that? I don't know when her birthday's the day after mine, and I was mad. I was mad. I've been mad for for, for the last twenty-six, seven years. So uh, that, what the Lord's dealing with me. I'll pray for me. He's getting me over, over that. But but I'm gonna tell you. You know what? I, I may like it, but he deserves it. <coughs> he deserves that attention. He deserves it every day. The center of attention. He deserves it. And I'm going to tell you what, if you're His child, you're His son, He's your father, one day we'll come before Him and it'll be every day. Hallelujah. Every day. Holy, holy, holy. It ain't because they don't know what else to say. It's because they can't believe what else He's done. Righteous. Thank you, Jesus. Holy. Ain't He something? Ain't He wonderful? Ain't He great? Hallelujah. They're not reminding anybody. They're explaining what they see. Holy, I got, holy, holy holy as they fly around the throne 24 hours a day where time has no end and it turns into eternity and they just they're just worshiping the father the lord of lords sovereign thy will thy way thy will thy way and then he would go on to say uh, and he talks about that thy will thy way as on earth as it is in heaven and if you remember the other lesson that i learned was uh, uh to be strategic to be strategic, you remember that? Plan two moves. Plan two moves because he, he may counter the one, but you can't be two places at one time. So plan two moves. You've got to be strategic in this and uh, what you do. And, and I know that our sufficiency comes from God. Verse 3, give us this day our daily bread. And let's look at verse 4 though. This is the big one. This is the one uh, that usually gets us tripped up. And forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Or forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone that has sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but to live, to deliver us from evil. I know that my sufficiency comes from God. I know that, that my next breath, my next step, my next meal, my next job uh, as a Christian should all be hinged on what He says. And He says, plan your two next moves. Uh, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. He said, All the righteousness that we have in our life is as filthy rags. Let me tell you, let me show you why this is important uh, real quickly that I got it marked in Isaiah. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. He's saying, Listen, the Lord hears you. It ain't that he's deaf. It ain't that he's weak. It's not that he's incapable. It's not that he don't want to. He's not ignoring you. And he would tell Elijah, like Elijah would say, he ain't on vacation. He ain't going nowhere. You don't have to cry no louder. It ain't that he don't want to. He said the problem is, verse 2, your sin has separated us. It has separated you and your God. Your sins has hid His face from you that He will not hear. And it's just as simple as this. It ain't that I don't want to. It ain't that I, I don't I, that I can't do it. Your sin has separated us. And he says it's as easy as saying, Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Ain't that what he says in verse two? Or verse three or four? Forgive us, Lord, our sins. Forgive me my sins. So the first thing you gotta do is is realize that that not that you're just a so sinful person and and you're a terrible person, but you need to realize that you need forgiveness. You need forgiveness every day. Every day. Every day we need forgiveness. And then the next one says, and you gotta forgive. You gotta forgive. Forgive me my sins, verse 4, that we may forgive everybody who sinned against us. Forgive me, Lord, because it separates. I forgive them because it isolates. And it makes you bitter. It makes you bitter. So He says, you got to forgive them as well. you got to forgive them. So there's a two part to that. Your sin, because it's just as sinful for you not to forgive them. He says, if you don't forgive them, how can your Heavenly Father forgive you? I ain't saying you got to uh, forgive them, bring them back in, let it happen to you again. you got to forgive them and go on. Because they've got you enslaved if they've got you bitter. And then He tells us right there, so you got to forgive yourself be forgiven and you've got to forgive others whether you move on or not. And he says, lead us not into temptation but deliver us because the sin separates you from God here in your prayer. And then he says, lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. You can't blame God. God brought me in. I guess He just broke my leg so I'd lay up and pray. I don't know about you, but I don't want to serve God. It's going to break my leg so I'll lay up and pray. I want a God that's going to say, "Listen, I'll teach you to pray." Lord, teach us to pray when you pray. Not, "Well, let me break your leg." I mean, I've heard that. Well, it's because of this. He chastises. I ain't say I'm not. I'm not saying he don't do those. Things. I'm just saying I don't feel that he's ever done it to me. I don't feel that way about him. So you can't blame God on the mess you're in. And you can't think uh, and, and, and but deliver us from evil. Because blaming God is just as bad as having uh, sin in your heart. James says it this way. Uh, James chapter 1, verses 13 it says this, Let no man say when he is tempted that I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted He any man. For every man is tempted uh, when he is drawn away by his own lust, own desires, and is enticed and in uh, his own self, and brings forth sin, and sin brings forth death. Sin separates death. So there's two things that causes him to, to, to for you to lose the ear of God. Sin in your life, and unforgiveness. Blaming God for for, uh, for something that you did to yourself. Uh, Eugene Peterson, I think he wrote the Message Bible, I think, uh, uh says this, there's a process to following Christ. It's a long obedience in the same direction, and every step you begin must begin, uh, you must, uh, every step that you take must begin with an obedience after obedience after obedience and a decision to continue. Every step that we take has to be in obedience. So there's a strategy. Your next two moves in getting your prayers answered, to getting your to God to move His hand on your behalf, is one, uh, get rid of the sin in your life. Two, uh, forgive from the sin in your life or the others that sin against you in their life, and don't blame God for the mess that you're in. And then He would say, "Wait for verses five through 8, He says, "Which of you, which one of you has someone to count on? Which one of you has somewhere to go and to run to?" Which of you has a need? Which of you has troubles and an urgency? Which one of you have these? Which of you have been denied for your children are asleep? Listen to what he says. He said to them, Which of you shall have a friend You shall go to him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me some loaves. This is at midnight. For a friend of mine is on a journey and he's come to the house and I ain't got nothing to give him. But why does my, his, his crisis, why does all of a sudden this guy's crisis become his crisis? For a friend of mine has come and I don't have anything to give him. And he's from within shall say, Don't trouble me, the door is shut, my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give it to you. He says, I say unto you, though he will not rise to give you because he's your friend. Yet because of your persistence, he will rise and give as many as he needs. Now this is not a this is not a comparison. This is a contrast. God is not the friend of who is reluctantly sitting there? Remember, who's saying hey, it's not that I, I don't want to. I can't. It's not that that I, I would, but I, I can't. His hand is not too short, nor his ear. This is the one that's saying, He says he's not that friend. This is a this is a contrast. We had uh, our father. Our father is not a friend. He's a father. And he and you know what? The only similarity that I can find in five through eight that would have anything to do with him would be that we are the children asleep. That we are that somebody is beating on the door and he comes in and we wake up and say, Father, what's going on? Rest, children. It's going to be okay. Sleep on, children. It's going to be okay. And he gives the man at the door his bread and he shuts the door and he don't dog the man, he don't cuss the man, he ain't mad at the man. He turns around and he says to his children, now let this be a lesson to you. If you ever need anything, ask me. If you ever if you ever can't find something, please come to me. And and, and if and if you ever come here, knock. Beat on the door. Come on in. Whatever you gotta to do to get my attention. And that's what I feel. That's the only comparison I can see. Now rest tight, children. For verse 9, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open to you. Now it's in the third person because when the Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, when He tells you something twice, you better listen. When He tells you something three times, you better. He told he did it to, to Joshua. He said, Be not confounded, get up and go into the land. Joshua chapter 1. Be not confounded, get up and go into the land. And then the third time says, Did I not tell you to get up and go into the land? And He says here, Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find knocking it shall be open, for everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it is open. Now ask, seek, and knock in the first one almost seems immediate, but asketh and findeth and giveth, and those are those are delayed. Those are delayed. So we've got to wait. We've got to wait sometimes on the Lord. We gotta wait. But you got to be pers- persistent. There's a contrast here, not a comparison. you got to be persistent. you got to be persistent. And we know that he's not a friend and he's a father. Verse 11 says, "If you, and I feel like this is the father. I think all three of them are working here. Uh, the father and the son and the Holy Spirit. Which one of you fathers wouldn't do their children good? Which one of them would give him a stone? When he asked for a fish, would give him a serpent. Verse 12. When he asked for an egg, would give him a scorpion. He says, If you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? The answer is not in the provision. The answer is not in the problem going away. The answer, just like any good father The answer is in the ability to overcome it next time it happens. And next time it happens, and pass this on to your children. What did he say? The answer is in the Holy Spirit. The answer is in the Holy Spirit. So I pray that that Holy Spirit, that you come and you fill us, not only with gifts and anointings uh, to do the things that you would have us to do, uh, but the power to overcome the things that come against us. Through the Holy Spirit, for he says, greater is the thing that is living in us uh, than this world that is coming after us. If you ever need anything, he says, ask me. If you ever want anything, seek me. If you ever need my attention, knock. And then he says, you got to grow. Grow in these things. The answer... To the prayer. The answer to teaching us to pray. He gives a pattern. But you can change the pattern. Once you get the power. And the power is in the Holy Spirit. As we stand today as Brother Chris comes. The answer is in the power living in you. Not the things going on around you. The answer is in the power living in you. What do you need today? What are you looking for today in your life? What is what is? And I pray that 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 you would be so close to God that just like they would do, that you would see His power and a revelation of Him so strongly that you wouldn't say, "I need this, I, I, I need this." That you would realize that there's a process and say, "Lord, show me how to get it. Teach me how to do it." A father's uh, the. In the generation we live in today, a lot of these fathers give it to them. And now they're entitled to it. Our Heavenly Father says, I'm going to teach you how to so that you can control the situation. And the situation don't dictate you, but that you dictate the situation because you know how to handle these things. And they always just been given to you.